Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome to Zero Today. It is 2015. Happy New Year. I'm excited to be back. I enjoyed my holidays. The weather is crazy. I just, hey. Anyway, welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. And as we're always, we are on this, on this show, we are dedicated to empowering, promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and to empowering you, our listeners, to knowing, being, and impacting the world around you. And as always, you can join us on this illuminating journey. There's several ways you can do it. Uh, first way, if you want to get your thoughts, insights, uh, views, Dialogue on the air, you can do so by calling uh, the number 347-237-5230. That's the number to call if you want to get your thoughts on the air. We do have the chat line open. Go to uh, Zero Today. Uh, You can get on the chat line. You can also share your thoughts there. Um, um, What else we got? Okay, join us on the Facebook page, uh, Zero Network at Facebook, on Facebook, so you can do that. Uh, follow me personally on Twitter at Prophesy, and uh, you can see updates I may update during the show. I'm trying to get a little more adept to this technology and integrating it into the show. We're going to be adding some stuff. Uh, hopefully, as the year goes by, we'll be adding a video uh, stream so you'll be able to see as well as hear the show. I'm telling you, I'm trying to branch out, and uh, we're we're getting some wonderful sponsors, and I, I really appreciate uh, those who have been sponsoring the show, those who have been allowing us to advertise. And if you want to, if you have a business, you have a ministry, you have anything that you want to get out 
on the air uh, or uh, be an underwriter for this program. We are great. We are, we appreciate if you would do that and you simply me at Pastor Lorenzo Neal uh, at gmail.com. There's one way you can do it. Get in touch with me if you want to consider uh, being an underwriter and supporter of the show. Of course, we always solicit. Uh, we don't solicit much on the air, but we are a listener-supported show, and we just thank you for those who support and help us do what we do. Anyway, I said all that. we got a lot to cover. There's so much that I want to cover, try to get to today. So um, if I missed part of the intro, just forgive me. But let's just go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get to the topics today. Of course, I want to talk about... Uh, I want to talk about this controversy going on in Atlanta between the mayor and the now-fired police chief. Uh, and this question is really, you know, what what was the issue? Was it a gay rights issue? Was it a speech issue? Was it a church separation, church state issue? What was the real issue? What is the real issue behind this? And um, uh, uh, is there a real war on Christianity in Atlanta? Or in the country. We want to talk about that. Also, um this pastor who brags uh, about what's going, what he had done to one person that led that person to Christ. And the question is, uh, well, I'll let you hear it. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for another opportunity to be on the air this morning. Uh, we thank you for a new year. Now, Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I'm excited this, this year. It's a new year. And I'm excited because I turned 40 this year. So I'm looking forward to having a big shindig. And I'll let you know more about that, what the plans are to help me bring in number 40. And to those who already, a lot of my classmates are celebrating 40, you know, I'm like, okay, y'all go ahead. Uh, I'm kind of on offense about it, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the Lord may have in store for me this year. So, that's an, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot going on. And it's the beginning of the year. So many things are happening. We, If you're following the news, quotes, a lot of stuff. I wish I had time to really just get in deep on some of these headlines. Um, but I do want to touch on two. First headline, of course, uh, in the wake of the uh, the killings in France and Paris and all the uh, all the um, the grief and mourning that's going on there and all the whatever else you want to call it that's come up during that time or last week, um, during the same time about Nobody talked about the terrorism that's been happening in Africa, particularly in Nigeria, um, where uh, over the last several weeks there have been a massacre of at least at least two thousand people. Now that's that's because uh, the organizations involved in NATO and others they're not counting how many people are actually being killed in this war. Uh, between Christians and 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 Muslims, Boko Haram, and and others in this in this region in, in Nigeria, and the Nigerian president, uh, Good Luck Jonathan, has 
not spoken out publicly, decrying the violence. He has done some things locally in his nation, but he has not gone globally to solicit and elicit the same type of mourning and same type of support uh, from from uh, Western nations. And maybe he should, maybe he wants to try to keep it internal. I don't know. But what I do know is that it's not getting the national attention. Last year, it got national attention when uh, Boko Haram uh, kidnapped over 200 girls. I think it was like 266 girls, schoolgirls, and only released about 75 of them. And uh, hundreds uh, are still missing. And and those who escaped uh, told told of the 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 terror that they experienced there, and yet while there was a ma- a massive outcry about that, and we saw the uh, bring our girls home, you know Michelle Obama and all celebrities, but it still they still did not go in and handle the situation. There was not an out, international outpouring of grief. Uh, the the president did not send, as as far as I'm aware, uh, no envoys from the United States to go out and do anything. And it's great disparity there. And I, I think we ought to cry out for justice. If we cry, we cried out here justice for justice here with Trayvon and with Mike Brown and with Eric Gannett and many others. We cried out for justice. And although they may not be on the same soil, we need to cry out for justice for those in our African brothers and soul, uh, for the souls and bodies of our African brothers and sisters, especially those who have been tormented because of the harassment of both groups like Boko Haram. They are terrorist groups, but they are not recognized as terrorist groups. They're not connected to Al-Qaeda. They're not connected to ISIS or anything. That is. These are these are local-grown terrorists. And if you study the history of Africa since uh, decolonization in the uh, uh, middle 20th century, you find that these kind of terrorist groups, they, they have a cycle. They rise up, they get pushed down, then they rise up again depending on what happens. And we still need to be, I think as African-Americans, we be, need to be the more... Uh, we stop. We need to stop being so passive regarding the, the things that's happening in Africa. They're not a third world country. Africa is not a third world continent. It is a wealthy continent that's just being exploited by Westerners and put into oppressive conditions. And we need to speak up for that. All right, that's my that is my rant. <laughs> that's my rant. Uh, uh, I didn't even intend to get onto that, uh, but that is my rant. But a, a very, very sad occasion happened last week with the passing of a very great, great gospel legend, person of Pastor Andre Crouch. Uh, many of you probably know by now, Pastor Crouch died last week, uh, uh, about a week ago today, as a matter of fact, I think. No, no, I'm off. Uh, yeah, uh, January the eighth. What day was that? Either way, uh, it was yeah, about a week ago today. So Thursday of last week, he passed away. And what is amazing about uh, Pastor Crouch is that many of his songs he he's written a plethora of gospel songs. He was one of the first uh, mainstream 
gospel artists uh, that received secular recognition, Grammys, and uh, awards that usually went on to secular music artists. And he also found a way of incorporating incorporating secular music styles into gospel music. He's the reason Kurt Franklin, um, uh, Donnie McClurkland, the Clark Sisters, uh, what's his new dude? Um, the preacher of LA guy, uh, Dietrich Haddon. Thank you, thank you. yeah, D- Dietrich Haddon, uh, and many of these others. Uh, my good friend Smokey Norfolk. Uh, many of these new gospel artists owe a great debt to him for breaking the barriers through. Uh, he uh, kept temporary of James Cleveland and many others, but uh, you know, being a Kojic. He was a Kojic preacher's kid <laughs> that somehow turned the Kojic style of music and brought it into the mainstream church. And it's amazing how he did it and how now that has become infused with the black, particularly with the black church tradition. And uh, now many of the songs that he wrote are standard in a lot of hymnals across the denominations. Uh, one being uh, my tribute. How can I say thanks for the things you have done? Okay, I'm not gonna sing, y'all. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want the radio to blow up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but to God be the glory. You know, how can I say thanks? Um, uh, soon and very soon. I, I, one of my. That's probably my favorite one by him because that's the first song that I I can remember learning as a kid. And just belting out loud, soon <laughs> I hear you know hear it at the church, and and when the youth choir got to sing it, boy man, I was I was all over that. I so, um, love that. And then probably perhaps one of the the greatest songs that we rever so much, have so much reverence for, and that is the blood will never lose its power. The blood that Jesus shared for me way back on Calvary, it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day will never lose its power. I mean, I just, I think, I've never seen men, you know, some members I know never shout, never cry when they hear that song, either doing communion or just doing, just being sang. At a service, even now, I, I'm feeling the spirit just thinking about that song. And so he he, he is credited with reading, writing that and so many other breakthroughs. So we're going to do a little tribute. I have a clip. Hopefully it pulls up. Uh, should be ready. Um, I have a clip of one of his songs, and if it pulls up, we'll... I'm trying to trying to get it up here. Uh, all right. This is a live recording. Uh, I can't remember the talk show or the show that he did it on. Um, but this is Andre Crouch and one of his groups that he sang with. He he had a number of groups that he sang with at uh, different times. Uh, he and his sister. Um, uh, where is it? Well, let me just go ahead and roll this clip. <laughs> <laughs> 
And this is a recording of my favorite one. Soon and very soon. Now, the man I'm about to introduce is a rare talent. He not only sings, he sings fine gospel, but he's a fantastic writer. His composition of my tribute can be found in many of our modern-day hymnals. He's a Grammy Award winner four times over, a dynamic performer. Ladies and gentlemen, my special guest star, Andre Crouch. so glad for the very promise of the Lord. And whether you believe it or not, we can really say a song that I put together some time ago, but it says, soon and very soon, we're going to see the King. If you feel like clapping your hands, do so. It's okay.
All right, that was Andre Crouch singing soon and very soon. We're going to see the king, and uh, he is there. He has transcended and is now with the ancestors. His legacy lives on. We bid him peace and farewell. Hotep to those who he has, who who hold his memory high. Um, I'm gonna take a quick break, and when we come back from the break, we will be we will be uh getting to a first topic about this preacher who bragged about something that led he says led somebody to Christ. So uh, you have to hear it to believe it. Anyway, this segment, first part of this segment of the show, is brought to you by C. He Centric. He Centric is the maker of wonderful candles, clothing, gifts, and Anything else you can think of by Lady Jocelyn Sanders, the uh, underwriter of Zero Today. We appreciate her and her support. Friends, there's nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses. Peacock, the newest candle fragrance by Heatcentric, is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan hand-poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by Hecentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders that's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you will not disappoint it when you order your candle today from Hecentric. I have one at home and in my office, and I tell you, it's so good. It helps me relax at home, and it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com, and while they also pick up a copy of her book, The Encounter, I'm telling you, you will love both. Peacock by Hecentric, reflecting the glory in everyday life. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. At Farmers, we make you smarter about insurance because what you don't know can hurt you. What if you didn't know that posting your travel plans online may attract burglars? Talk to Hawaii. What if you didn't know that as the price of gold rises, so should the coverage on your jewelry? Ah. What if you didn't know that kitty litter can help you out of a slippery situation? The more you know, the better you can plan for what's ahead. Talk to Farmers and get smarter about your insurance. We are Farmers. Bum, da, da, bum, 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 bum. Hey, what are you doing today? I'm backing up the computer. Photos, work files, you name it. Lovely. See you in a few hours. Hmm. Did you get everything backed up? Took care of it. For just $59.99 a year, Carbonite backs up your irreplaceable files automatically, so you don't have to. Try it for free at Carbonite.com. Hey, 
right, welcome back to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I hope y'all didn't hear me grubbing because, I mean, I'm snacking in between these little... <laughs> I'm hungry. I can't help it. Anyway, y'all y'all just pray for me. Just just pray for me. I'll be all right. Just just pray for me. But anyway, moving into our first, uh, second segment here, first topic. Um, there's a very video, a video that's gone viral. Uh, there's this preacher, preacher has that where in which he states how he led one particular young boy to Christ, or how he led him to the Lord. Now, his testimony about leading to this this young man to the Lord is um, unique. It's um, questionable. Uh, but I'll let you hear it from his own words. Take a listen. There was a young man in, in Calvary. Uh, his name was Ben. And I was running a youth group. I was there for a few years. And um, he was just, he was a nice kid, but he was one of those kids that was always just, he's a real smart aleck. He was, just, was, was a bright kid, which didn't help things, right? Made him more dangerous. And we were outside one day, youth group. And uh, he was just, just trying to push my buttons. And he was just, you know, kind of not taking the Lord serious. And I walked over to him, and I went, bam! I punched him in the chest as hard as I, I crumpled the kid. I just crumpled him. And I said, I leaned over, and I said, Ben, when are you going to stop playing games with God? I led that man to the Lord right there. There's times that that might be needed. All right. He says that the kid was intelligent and dangerous. <laughs> you know, smart and dangerous. So, first of all, this is a preacher saying that kids should be dumb, ignorant, and that doesn't make them dangerous. But if a kid thinks for themselves or is a bit, you know, I was a teacher and I had a lot of rowdy students. You know, I was a band director and, and later we went into school administration, and I had a lot of rowdy students. I always seemed to get the hyper ones in the band. But, you know, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe when I heard him say that he didn't think the, God, he was, the kid was taking God serious. I was, I, I, I'm at a loss of words because he said he, he was upsetting him. The kid was upsetting him because the kid didn't seem to be taking God serious. Now, I don't know what taking God serious looks like other than being a monk. You know, those people take God serious. A nun, they take God serious. Any type of ascetic person, the person who cuts themselves off from the world, uh, they take God serious. Church folk. Uh, really don't take God serious. I don't know what he was mean. What was the young man doing to not take God? Was he talking? Was he chewing gum? Because you know those are forbidden in the sanctuary in most churches. Don't talk. Don't chew gum. Turn yourself off. Yeah, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> that is the biggest issue for most church folk. The kids talking during church. Is that what it was? So he goes up to this kid and punches him in the chest. And said, I wish you would take God more serious. And apparently him punching him in the chest 
was enough to lead get the kid to come to Christ. What kind of foolishness is that? What kind? Now, as a pastor, I was, you know, I was a pastor and a teacher. And never once, I I had plenty of times where kids would be in my rehearsals and weren't taking rehearsal series, but I never once went and punched one because I knew my job would be terminated. Yet this man boasts about that and then had the nerve to say that I led him to Christ after punching him in the chest. What kind of foolishness? That's abuse, you know. Why did the parents bring up charges? Because they probably felt he was acting in the spirit. Oh, he was spirit-led. The spirit led him to do that because the boy responded, apparently, to the punch by giving his life to Christ. I I have no words for that. What would you do? What would you do if your kid came to you or if your pastor said, you know what, your son wasn't behaving in the youth group, so I decided to make him behave by... Slapping him upside the head. And when I slapped him upside the head, I slapped him as hard as I could upside the head. I slapped Christ into him. And they're saved today because I did that. Yes, sir, indeed. You ought to thank me. Thank God for me slapping him. Because if God hadn't moved on me to slap that kid silly, if God hadn't used me to punch him, bam, into the chest, he wouldn't have gotten saved. So you owe God and me. Some thanks. Foolishness. But you'd be surprised how many, uh, how much stuff goes on in churches simply because of the fact that parents want to believe that their youth minister, their youth workers, those who are supposedly uh, have been given care to their, their, to, to their children in ministry. They want to believe that these people actually have a heart for children, have a heart for students. This guy blatantly said he didn't care for students because, one, he said the kid was too smart. And he was, that made him dangerous. How can being smart make you dangerous? Now, I know kids have smart mouths. I know a lot of kids have smart mouths, but, but still, really, just because they have smart mouths does not make them dangerous. It's called being a teenager. And teens do that. I don't know one teen, including myself, who did not think they were smart aleck, knew everything. Till they find out they don't know anything. But that still does not give this man a right to lay hands on that student. Not at all. I mean, he's <laughs> what was what could the child possibly be doing that would Agitate that person so much that would cause him to do physical harm to that child. If that had been in a black church, <laughs> no, that wouldn't happen in a black church, period. Oh, boy. That wouldn't happen at all. I, I won't say at all. Probably happened. Probably has happened. We just have, you know, black folk, they don't tolerate a lot of stuff. Now, you know, in church, at least in church when I was a kid, Man, <laughs> the, the church where I, I grew up, it was a beautiful big three-story church. And the children in the youth choir, we sat in the balcony. And the adults in the choir sat down, in, of course, in, behind the pulpit. And I tell you, they could see everything that we did. 
literally. And <laughs> we would get up and, you know, we if we had to go to the bathroom, I mean, if we even looked like we were about to stand up while something was going on, like if the deacons were singing a hymn and we, you know, it wasn't supposed to be the time to stand and we stood up, boy, we get them sharp looks. And then when we would come downstairs for prayer, for altar prayer with everybody, that would be their time that they would pinch you like, don't you do nothing else. <laughs> oh, boy, those were the days. Can't do that now in church. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think this was gravely out of, out of line for that pastor. I think he should have been reprimanded. He should be reprimanded now. Uh, the video doesn't determine who who he was. I, I don't have the information made. I didn't dig deep enough. You know, like I said, this is a viral video, so I, I really didn't dig deep enough to find out more. But, you know, it is what it is. Church folks, sometimes that just make me wonder. I, I, I really don't know. All right, I'm going to take another quick break. And when we come back we're this from this break, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this last topic. Well, actually, I want to squeeze in one more if I can because uh, I just got um, some news here in Mississippi in one of our counties. School district did something. And, uh, you know, let me read it here. Here in Rankin County, Mississippi, Rankin County is just outside of Hines County or Jackson outside the city of Jackson is part of the Jackson metro area. On last evening, the Rankin County School Board decided to uh, create a new policy that would um, that would better govern how groups and clubs are formed and organized in their school district. Why? They did this because some kids who are gay wanted to start a club. You heard me right. Some children in their school district wanted to start a club for gay students. The superintendent, who I will not name because uh, I just don't want to, uh, and the board members, who I will not name, but you can go to my Facebook page because I shared it. My Facebook page, I guess I might as well uh, name them. It really doesn't matter, I suppose. You can find the story at DeclaringLedger.com or anything like that. Uh, I mean, their website, you can go there. But this is what they decided to do. And I'm about to quote, I'm really about to quote what um, what the superintendent said. Because this is scary to me. Maybe not to you, but it's scary to me. Listen to what the superintendent said. Okay, now I don't want to pull up. <laughs> All right. The superintendent said this. Uh, Lynn Wesby is the superintendent. said, there's been a group wanting to form a gay club. A gay club. I talked to the school board attorney and several administrators about what we could do legally 
to limit organizations like that on campus that we don't want to endorse and don't want, period. The, she further goes on to say that um, the, the board, school board attorney found that the best strategy for limiting organizations is by requiring parents to sign a consent form to allow their children to participate in the club. In other words, he's saying that if a student starts a gay club, that if you make a mandate, if you make a policy that says that in order to join the club, the parents have to sign for the kids to join the club, that that would dissuade the students and the parents because the parents ain't going to want their child to be a part of the club because they don't want their children being gay. Therefore, the students will not have a club, and those students who are gay can conform, be like everything else. And this is that. I said, we only want, they don't want the club because they say the gay club might violate education standards and principles adopted by the school districts, such as abstinence-only sexual education. However, they said, what if the parents do want decide that they're going to sign the, lit, the the permission slip for the kids to be in school, um, be in the club. What are they going to do then? Are they going to overwrite the parents' right to sign and say, no, you didn't really want to sign. You you didn't really know what you were doing. This is ridiculous. How could a school superintendent deny such a thing? It does not matter whether it's a gay club, glee club, band club. It does not matter. It's a club. Students will be students. I'm saying this from having been a part of a school administration. A club is a club. And, I, you know, it makes me wonder if they're afraid that if they have a, a gay club at the high school or at the junior high school, I hope they don't have it at the middle at elementary school, but just say it's at the middle school, uh, well, the junior high and the high school level, grades 7 through 10, I mean 7 through 12. Those kids are growing and they're able to make decisions for themselves. They're able to decide what their orientation is or is not. And if they decide that their orientation, I, I use maybe I shouldn't use decide, I don't know, because um, that's a whole different debate there. But if that is the case, why should they be denied a club? Yeah, that's just me. Let me take this break because I went over there. Uh, Lord have mercy to me. I just I think it's foolish. How are you as administrator going to deny this and then come up with ways to obstruct it? But I bet you would allow uh, a gun, you know, your deer hunting club. And you can take pictures with your gun. <sighs> All right, I'm take this break. I'll be right back. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But 
Part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee you. Who loves social networking as much as you? Identity thieves. They can find your personal information and do some serious damage, like your birthday or your mother's maiden name. You need a new friend, LifeLock. We scour billions of data points every day. And if we discover that any of your personal information is misused, LifeLock is there. Call us at 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com today. This is the Quicksilver Cashback Card from Capital One. It's not the limit to cash I earn every month card. It's not the I only earn decent rewards at the gas station card. It's the no games, no signing up, everyday rewarding, kung fu fighting, silver lightning in a bottle, bringing home the bacon cashback card. This is the Quicksilver Card from Capital One. Unlimited 1.5% cashback on every purchase, everywhere, every single day. So ask yourself, what's in your wallet? In football, is it better to be more reliable or less reliable? If they can count on you, you can play. But if you can't, you're on a bench. Bench warm is what my dad says. Oh, does your dad play football? No, but he watches it on the couch. Oh, so he's a couch warmer. I thought it was funny. It's not complicated. More reliable is better. And AT&T is the nation's fastest and now most reliable 4G LTE network. What's something that's slow that you wish was fast? Turtle. Really? A turtle? Yeah. And what about you? I would rather be a slow turtle. Well, mmm. I know why. Because when you're slower, you won't have to get in the street as fast and get ran over. But if you're a slow turtle and you're in the middle of the street, what happens? Austin? Exactly. It's not complicated. Faster is better. And AT&T is the nation's fastest 4G LTE network. Welcome back to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. This segment is brought to you by Shima's Gourmet Sweets. Shima's Gourmet Sweets here in Mississippi serves up some of the best sweets you can imagine. Candied apples, some of the most moistest taste cakes and bakes and things you can think of this side of heaven. Uh, any sweet tooth can get that special treat, including gourmet apples. Popcorn balls, designer cakes for any occasion. And if you like me, if you like the sweets, but you know you can't have them, they can do the sugar-free stuff, too. Just not as good. <laughs> but you ought to give Shima's Gourmet Sweets a call, 601-940-7897. I guarantee it would be the best you ever, I mean, the best that you can imagine this side of heaven. You can get it. Uh, 
Tracy and the staff over there, they're producing some of the best stuff, I tell you. And they do, they do things for every occasion, so give them a call. I'm telling you, you will love it. That's Shima's Gourmet Sweets, 601-940-7897. Give them a call. I promise you won't be disappointed. So we move into this, the main topic that I want to talk about, and that, of course, is the the issue that's going on right now in the city of Atlanta, where it seems to be a case of religious bias, uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, religious discrimination, uh, sexual dis- gender, um, gender discrimination, whatever. But anyway, what happened was last year, uh, the police, I mean, I police, the fire chief, the um, fire chief, uh, Kelvin Cochran who is a devoted Christian man, godly man, as so many have noted. He is a faithful man to the department and to his church and community, and he decided to self-publish a book. And uh, they're not giving the name of the book, but I, 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 I've forgotten the name of the book. Let me, But you can find it because now it's available on, on um, Amazon and everything else. But anyway, he self-published the book. Uh, he got permission to do it. And there's a paragraph or two about uh, homosexuality being an abomination to God, you know, which is the uh, contemporary evangelical position on homosexuality. And um, when the word got out to the LGBT community that the fire chief had published such a book with such such degrading and anti-homophobic or homophobic words they raised the alarm and the mayor Kasem Reed the mayor of Atlanta suspended uh, Chief uh, Cochran without pay for I think it was 30 days 90s I have it on I think it was 30 days he got suspended now mind you the book had already been published he had given it out to uh Members of the mayor's staff even had given uh, said he gave it a copy to the to the mayor who apparently did not read it, <laughs> um, and so he was suspended without pay. And then once the suspension was up last week, uh, Mayor Kasem Reed decided to fire uh, Chief Cochran, and he fired Chief Cochran, stating that um, he would not allow for members of his administration to practice dim- discrimination. Now, it didn't say now now what what is very clear is that Chief Cochran did not practice any type of discrimination uh against uh homosexuals, the same loving people. They are employed. He didn't tell his it would be correct if he had said now if the couple house on fire and they gay, don't put the fire out because they're gay and we will not serve gay people. Now, if he had done that, of course. Or by saying, uh, if you want to work with the fire department of Atlanta, if you are homosexual or effeminate or any kind of anything that's not normal Christian behavior, you cannot be employed, uh, then, yeah, I can see justifying fire. But then in this case, uh, it's an un, you know the question is now he, the, the the issue is was he fired because of what he wrote that was offensive to a particular 
segment of the community. And if you know at Atlanta, Atlanta is on fire with homosexuals burning up. And I'm not talking about it. <laughs> Some folks gonna get mad at me for saying that. I'm not implying they're going to hell. I'm just saying that they on you know that is next to San Francisco. You got a a, a very very uh very very dense, uh, particularly for African Americans, a very very dense same sex loving population there in Atlanta. It ain't you know Atlanta was the hotbed of the um. Of the down under, down low, not down under, down low scandal from many years ago. But anyway, the issue was you have two Christians, two devoted Christians, Kasem. Uh, Reed is a devoted Christian, and Cochran is a devoted Christian. Uh, Kasem Reed is a politician, and Cochran is fire chief, uh, an appointed position. And they are at odds in what has become the known uh, this great debate about religious bias. Because uh, in his termination speech, Kasem said that they would not uh, they would not allow you know they they wouldn't tolerate anybody who didn't honor or respect someone's one person because of race, gender, or religious belief. And at the same time, he turns around and fires the mayor. I mean, fires the police chief because of his religious belief. It's it's it's, it's really awkward. So I found an article here in the New York Times that really caught my in- interest. Um, this is um, you gotta you know you gotta understand this is uh, we're talking about upcoming Martin Luther King uh, Day and here in the center. Uh, what should be the city of tolerance because it was the city of King, both Coretta Scott and her husband who labored for uh, all. And Coretta Scott King was known, you know, she she was an open supporter of of uh, homosexuals. She didn't she didn't um, she didn't mind them, but um, you know she 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 tolerated. But anyway, here. Um, the case is becoming crazy because the mayor argued that his firing of the chief had nothing to do with Mr. Cochran's Christian faith, but rather a lack of judgment on the part of the man charged with managing um, his particular uh, said that he followed, he failed to follow protocol. And then there are those who are on the uh, secular side arguing that uh, Kaysen was right and they're supporting him because he fired uh, this man, because it was a clear violation of church and state, this man was in an official capacity, and not only did he give his book away, which contained, uh, you know, it was a writing of faith and Christian-centered and things like that. Not only did he give that away, and not only did he, you know, he did he wrote it off his time. But by giving it to his employees or and to the mayor and things of that nature, it was a violation of uh, uh, his role in the state. So it's a violation of church and state, separation of church and state. Uh, his pastor, uh, Cochran's pastor, has gotten in on it by condemning Kasem uh, Reed for saying, simply saying, this is, you know, you're bending to the pressure of 
a segment of the population. Uh, and you're playing a politician instead of following your Christian faith. Now, Kasem is a Christian. And for him to be a Christian, find another Christian, uh, not based on job performance or anything else, but simply based on the words that he said about a population. And that's causing conflict. So the thing is, what, what, you know, what, what is the reality here? Me, again, I was a teacher. And as a teacher, I was also a pastor. Those roles did not intersect. I, I was always, but they were the same. Because I was always a teacher and I was always a pastor. Those, they, while the roles did not intersect, uh, you know, my role as teacher was different from my role as pastor. There was a couple of times that they did intersect. We had one year, I never forget, I lost several students in less than four, it spanned about four months. I had to uh I had to step into my role. I was asked by the administration to step into my role as pastor because one, these were some of my band students who were one was killed, one died of a heart attack, another one died in the fire, and then another one's mother was murdered. And uh, I was asked to step in as my, in my role as pastor at the funeral uh, as some of these students and as the band director because, again, they were my students. And, and uh, by the school district, I was part of the counseling, the grief counseling team for some of these incidents. So I operated in my role. I, I was in my function as pastor and teacher at, at in a duality at this time. But – Never once did I cross the line. My students knew I was a preacher, and my students knew I was a pastor. They knew all of this stuff. I visited. I, matter of fact, I even did a revival at one of the churches in the city where I te- uh, taught. I did a revival there. So they they were fully aware. The parents were fully aware. But not once did I overstep that boundary. They When I say they didn't interact unless it was necessary. I think it was clear Cochran was well-intentioned. I, I I I cannot doubt that he was well intentioned. Uh, I think that it wasn't a problem until this particular segment made it one, and that's where the issue comes in. Uh, the office, uh, Beth Latrell, who is a lawyer with the um, Lambda Legal in New York, and they're a gay rights based group. Uh, it says. He, uh, she called the mayor's decision dangerous. Said because you can't couch bigotry and create an intimidating environment at work and cloak it in your beliefs and not expect to have some consequences. But you got that's the problem. You have these conservatives on the religious side that were outraged because it's simply saying that uh, this is a matter of religious freedom. He should be able to express his religious thoughts in his official capacity, outside of his official capacity, because you never stop being a Christian. You know, and this is where we you never stop being a Christian, even when you're at work. And it's your responsibility as a good Christian to always do something that will lead somebody to Christ. And I'm sure that was his intention. Um, but the reality is, um, is it a war? Christianity, I think it's just a bunch of people who are angry 
At every opportunity they get to express their anger, they do so. And they are masquerading for that. They're masquerading it as tolerance. Now, put up a, if you if you go to the page, you see the picture I put up there, and it has tolerance does not equal acceptance, and that's the thing that they are driving. We don't want you just to tolerate us. We want you to accept us. And then when you accept us, we don't want you just to accept us. We want you to bend to our will in accepting, which means that we want you to accept us in a particular way. We don't just want you to accept the fact that we want to be married. We don't want you just to accept the fact that we want to, you know, we have these same-sex attractions. We don't want you to just accept us. We want you to bend to our will while accepting. So you need to accept the fact of all of this. This is our lifestyle. And yet, in the same voice, they say, well, we will not tolerate or accept how you believe or have been taught to believe we should be. And that's just a double standard period. For Christians, non-Christians, doesn't matter how you see it. Again, I think I think it could have been avoided altogether. Uh, he did go through, according to his version, he did go through the proper channels and in informing that the book was out, what the contents of the book was. He gave copies to the mayor. Apparently the mayor did not read it. Had he read it, he wouldn't be a part of this controversy. Um, the reality is this. Um, you have to look at the long-term effect of what the mayor's actions really are. Because it's going to put forth uh, a, a, a different angle on the debate of religious freedom. Uh and some are already saying that Georgia needs to create a religious freedom law. And we see some states, some southern states, some states are doing that. And I'm running out of time, so I might go off the air, but I'm still going to say this a little bit. And we'll be over, you know, we're going to go over time. So uh, just keep listening. But anyway, um, the states that have done so, it has been cloaked with religious language. Uh, with non-religious language, but with religious intent, discrimination, to discriminate. Uh, for example, here in Mississippi, we had this law that was that was uh, put before the people, uh, the legislation and people to to um, basically say that business owners could they could determine who who they would and would not service. Of course. You know, that's cloaked religious intent, saying that if you believed a couple, you know, if you didn't believe in homosexuality and the couple was homosexual and they wanted to patronize your business, then you didn't have to support them or you didn't have to, you know, allow them to, to do that. And the, the the problem with that is that this is not a theocracy. This is a democracy. And in the republic and the democracy that we have, Yes, while we have the ability of First Amendment rights and all of those things, the main ingredient that should be a part, love and compassion. And when lacking of that, you're not going to have tolerance. You're just going to have angry people on both sides, which is what's happening. Have angry people on both sides. And so, uh, 
the reality is they're trying to, you know, force something on both sides. You have those conservatives now who will be using Cochrane as a means of, you know, martyrdom. We're gonna we're gonna use him for the battle cry, like they said, remember the Alamo and they used the those who died at the Alamo as a battle cry for Texas independence. And they're gonna use Kasem's firing of uh Chief Cochran as a battle cry for a war against Christianity. And we need to we need to fight this great fight, this good fight and and it's all imagined. It really is. It's all created. It's all imagined. And the sad thing is, uh, now you have confused people because both of these men are black, both of these men are Christian, devout churchgoers, and one has succumbed to political pressure. The other one is, well, he's just gone, but he's walking by faith and not by sight, right? But anyway, I've got to get out of here. I appreciate you for listening. We'll be back next week, the Lord willing. Uh, we want to extend those of you who are celebrating Martin Luther King Day on Monday, that you do so with service and love. Don't just rest, relax. Do something meaningful, impactful, empowering, uh, and impacting for your community on that day. Let's remember his legacy, who he was, what he did, and... And, you know, if you saw the movie Selma, you get a little bit of information, <laughs> a false portrayal, but it's a portrayal nonetheless. And I, speaking of Selma, I did go to see it with my friend. She and I had a good time. Uh, <laughs> she got all emotional and everything, but it was all right. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you go see that movie, you got to understand that it's, it's a portrayal. It's a fictional portrayal of an actual event. That's not how it happened. Some of the characters may be real persons, but that's not how they were in real life. It's a depiction. It's, it's supposed to create emotions, supposed to get you to react. Uh, but it's not accurate, so don't buy into it as historical accuracy. Go watch a documentary <laughs> and get some good historical bias. <laughs> but on that note, if you haven't seen it, go see it and do a work of service on Martin Luther King Day. And this is Pastor Bill saying good day and good night. Happy Wednesday. God bless you.